The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Hello and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today. I'm kind of a spiritual journeyman and media consultant. Joining me today is my wonderful co-host, spiritual rebel Sarah Bowen. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose, and look for her new book coming soon, Sacred Send-Offs. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Well, warning, Jim. I'm feeling creative. Well, that's good, because we've got a wonderful creative teacher on our show today. We've got Julia Cameron coming back for the second time, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. I am too. I've been kicking up uh, my creativity in anticipation. It's getting a little crazy around here. There's about 14 projects that want my attention. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we got to spend time with you today. That's very cool. You too. How is your creativity feeling? You know, I'm stretching. I think it's wonderful to have someone like Julia Cameron and her books that can really help me grow into the spirituality and creativity connection, you know, and that's what her book is about. Uh, seeking wisdom um you know i i i do think that there's a major connection between the two what do you think well you know i remember as a kid the uh the terminology for the divine was often the creator and i always thought about that as you know genesis the creator the creator of the world kind of thing and it took it took becoming an adult and getting into the study of sacred text to realize we're all creators and, and what does that look like? And what does co-creation look like? And what is the process of creation um, in this, you know, kind of bigger sense beyond my, beyond my projects and my to-do list? What, what does it mean to create our lives? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us believe that we are co-creators of our lives, you know, that we, we have, you know, we're, we're given perhaps certain attributes or whatever you believe about that, but there are certain things that we need to help along to use that creativity to create lives that are worth living so you know i think there's so much to it i think creativity is a mysterious thing in many ways i think on one hand it is putting pen to paper so to speak it is actually doing the work um, but i do feel like there's a connection that's beyond our 
you know, rational minds, that there's something else out there that we connect to when we are creative. Yeah, and, and we, you know, I think too often we limit that term or we, you know, in our society to creating as a product or creating as something that's visual or a painting or a book or that's being creative. And yet we have that opportunity to be creative in any moment, you know, between our thoughts and the, and the things that we say to other people, you know, there's just this kind of constant cycle or flow of, of being able to be engaged in that. And that's exciting. I mean, we're, we're creating right now, just, just this connection and we're creating with the listeners who are listening and, and just that flow of ideas or thoughts or intention or compassion. Uh, That's powerful stuff. I mean, my husband's a painter, so I have to be careful when I talk about, <laughs> I can't diss the painters because that's amazing too. The, <laughs> the, the spiritual artwork we have sure. and the grungy artwork we have, all of that's just another way of, I think, living this just amazing experience of being human. And of course, you know, we have elephants who paint too and monkeys who paint. So I suppose it's not just, not just limited to us humans. That's true. That's true. Do you have a quote for us today? I do. Our prayers are answered, not when we are given what we ask, but when we are challenged to be what we can be. Ooh, who's that? That's Rabbi Morris Adler, Hmm, uh, who is no longer with us here on the earth, uh, had kind of a traumatic end of his life. But But I love this idea of uh, prayer and creativity and becoming, which is so much part of, of Julia's book. Uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like, I want a pony, God, I want a pony, or right. I want another Star Wars movie. Come on, God. And I, I think um, Rabbi Adler's comment puts a really nice kind of deepening to, you know, what, what are we asking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? The light which shines in the eye is really the light of the heart. The light which fills the heart is the light of God. Oh, now that feels like a photographer, but it's probably not. It's our Who friend. It's our friend Rumi. It is our friend Rumi. Yes, it Fabulous. is. Fabulous. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to jump into the episode? I am. Let's get creative. Let's do it. When in doubt, lighten up. Hi, friends. It's Martha Creek, marthacreek.com to contact me. And check out Martha's Pearls, A Spiritual Approach to Life, a new book out on Amazon or Kindle, whatever you prefer. So, boy, have I had to practice being lightening up and being lighter, having a lighter heart. I often use the excuse that I'm a oldest child in my sibling group to two youngest parents. So a responsible and serious child I was. So it is not naturally easy for me to play and frolic and lighten up. And hopefully some of you can resonate with this. And if you're listening to this, you're likely a seeker. You're likely a responsible type and absolutely hold yourself to a unattainable, unimaginable level of functionality and effectiveness and productivity and achievement. So as, as I encourage myself again today and I encourage you today to make sure that there is some play and frolic and some having fun in there. 
even when we, and especially if that's, you're more wired for this um, serious type that we've got to absolutely be more deliberate in that for our own well-being. Um, as at our annual family cookouts and fall celebrations, I was often, it was in October, so it was often around coming into the holiday times or Halloween, and I'd often bring in costumes and funny hats and glasses and things like that to try to play and frolic a little bit. And I remember being so inspired at the elders that were there um, that they would want to wear the hats or take a picture, get a picture to send to their kids or grandkids. And how much just one of us being willing, willing to play and get silly a little bit and lighten up how contagious that was for the groups, even the ones suffering a physical ailment or suffering losses or griefs. When those hats and funny glasses and big wigs and some of those things came out, this is all in chapter three of Martha's Pearls, my, my examples of this, that we naturally, naturally, enlightened ourselves. We more naturally then and could socially pay the joy forward to frolic a little bit and to hold in high regard the graceful reminder of our Creator to keep it a little lighter and when in doubt, go a little lighter. When in doubt, lighten up. So that's my encouragement and inspiration for you today and my absolute wholehearted request as I redevote myself to keeping that play and frolic and joy alive and well in me too. MarthaCreek.com to contact me. Check out Martha's Pearls at Amazon. And now it's time for our interview. Hailed by the New York Times as the queen of change, Julia Cameron is credited with starting a movement in 1992 that has brought creativity into the mainstream conversation in the arts, in business, and in everyday life. She's the best-selling author of more than 40 books, a poet, songwriter, filmmaker, and playwright. Her tools are based in practice, not theory. The Artist's Way has been translated into 40 languages and sold over 5 million copies to date. Her latest book is Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection. Hi, Julia. How are you today? Good. Good to be here. It's so wonderful to have you on Big Universe. Now, you were here once before, and I guess that uh, we didn't scare you off too much because you're, you're willing to come back on with us. So thanks for joining us again. Well, I'm glad to be here, and uh, unity has been an important part of my life. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you. Um, so I wanted to, you know, tell you that your book, Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Guide, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection, to me is like, you know, it was like sitting down with a friend and having a conversation about spirituality and, and creativity with a nice warm cup of coffee. So I like how the, the, uh, the book flows with your writing style. So that was really cool. I wondered what what brought this book on? Why did you decide to write this book now? Without wanting to sound uh, too woo-woo. <laughs> sound woo-woo as you want here. <laughs> I, um, I asked for guidance about what to write. And then I, so I pray. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I listen. Uh, and I prayed, what should I write next? And I heard prayer. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought, Oh my God, no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not spiritual enough to write about prayer. That should be for someone who's much holier than I am. 
uh, and the guidance insisted, prayer is a wonderful topic. You're a good writer. It will go well. Uh, so put aside your reservations. So, so I tried to put aside my reservations uh, and I realized if I was going to write about prayer, I didn't want to sound like I was lecturing from some pedestal. So I, um, I thought, well, I think I better start the book talking about how I came to prayer because I feel like I was cornered into prayer. Yeah, so talk about that. How did you come to prayer? Well, it was January 25th, 1978 at four o'clock in the morning and I woke up uh, and I reached for the bottle next to the bed to drink myself back to sleep. Uh, I was an alcoholic hmm. uh, and I, um, I discovered that the bottle was empty uh, and I panicked uh, and I, I thought, oh my God, the liquor store doesn't open for hours. What am I going to do? Uh, and then I thought, well, you live in Los Angeles, call somebody who lives in New York, they'll be awake. So I called my friend Claudia uh, and I said to her, Claudia, what am I going to do? Uh, and I thought I was talking about my divorce. My husband had left me four days earlier. Oh my goodness. Uh, and, and Claudia thought I was talking about my drinking. Mm. And she said, here's the number for a woman named Susan. She's an alcoholic. I think you need to talk to another alcoholic. Mm. And I was very offended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I said, Claudia, you don't really think I am an alcoholic. This was after days of blackout drinking uh, and drinking around the clock, but I had denial. Uh, and um, Claudia just said, well, and she let the syllable hang there. Hmm. Uh, and I said, it's all right, I'll call. I was defiant. Uh, and so I called up this number of a woman named Susan. Uh, and I said to her evidently, I think I'm an alcoholic and I know I'm a screenwriter. <laughs> I was trying to hold on to some prestige. Sure. Uh, and um, Claudia said, I have a friend named Edie and she'll want to come talk to you. Can you stay sober until Edie gets there? And I thought, well, of course I can stay sober until Edie gets here. The liquor stores aren't open yet. Oh my. So, so I settled in to wait for Edie and Edie came over to my house uh, and Edie was a little teeny red haired character actress. And she said, hi, I'm Edie, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and I thought, oh Christ, this is just the kind of person I would get drunk at. Uh, oh and, no. <laughs> and Edie said, can you stay sober until tonight when we take you to a gathering of alcoholics? Mm. Uh, and um, I said, I don't have a choice, do I? 
defiant, hostile. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so Edie settled in to babysit me to make sure I didn't drink. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, we went to the gathering of alcoholics and I went with a black eye mm. that I had gotten during the night. Mm. I didn't know if somebody had punched me, uh, if I had fallen into furniture, mm. uh, but I had a black eye and I had a pot full of makeup uh, and I sat down to listen to the alcoholics talk and I kept thinking, the black eye is showing. And I would run to the bathroom and put on more makeup. Mm. So um, the first speaker was a man that I later learned was called Crazy Richard or Richard the Poet. And mm. Richard had put himself in rehab 22 times. Wow. And I heard Richard's drinking and I thought, it's me. I drank like he did. Mm. The second speaker was a red-haired, I have a lot of red-haired people in my story, <laughs> a, a, a red-haired Southern woman who had done nothing but drink and get married. Mm. And <laughs> Hopefully not I, 22 times. <laughs> I, well, I heard her story uh, and I thought, it's me. Uh, and after the meeting, the gathering closed, everybody came running over to me and said, Julia, no more cocaine, because they thought when I was dashing to the bathroom that I was running in there to do a line of cocaine. Uh, and then they said, now, if you want to stay sober, you'll need to pray. And <laughs> I said, you don't understand. I have 16 years of Catholic education. That's the, the greased slide to atheism, or at least agnosticism. I can't pray. Mm. And they said, well, you must believe in something. And I thought about it. Uh, and I said, well, I, I do believe in a line from the poet Dylan Thomas, the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. That creative energy that specifically drives the flower into being a violet or a lilac or a tulip or a daffodil, it's very specific and it's very powerful. And I guess I could try to pray to that. And they said, well, here's what you do. You get up in the morning and you say to this power, please keep me sober. And then you go through your day and when you get to the end of your day, you say to this power, thank you for giving me another day of sobriety. Over my dead body, I started trying to pray. Mm. Uh, and I, I felt cornered. They, they said, you have to pray because as an alcoholic, you will have no effective mental defense against the first drink. Your mm -hmm. self-knowledge that you're an alcoholic won't do you any good. You won't be able to remember uh, what happens to you when you drink. Mm -hmm. So in order to protect yourself, you're going to need a defense from a higher power. So in other words, you're going to need prayer. So I started 
half-assed trying to pray. Uh, and it was sort of like I was sending a telegram up to the universe and saying, thank you for keeping me sober. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, I found myself thinking, well, now I'm sober, I wanna stay a writer. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried that if I pray, God is going to strike me a waitress. Uh, and um, they said, well, pray anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah. Pray anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and they said, yes, pray anyway. Mm. So I started saying a prayer that said, okay, God, you take care of the quality. I'll take care of the quantity. Mm. And, and they said, let the higher power write through you. Mm. And I, I said, what if it doesn't want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they said, well, just try it. Mm. So I began trying it to let the higher power right through me and what happened was i had previously been concerned with being brilliant i wanted to be the smartest best writer uh, and when i started asking the higher power to write through me i started to pray from a spirit of service hmm. uh, and what happened was my prose straightened out. My career took off. I began writing essays uh, to help other people unblock and those essays became the artist's way. Wow. So, so that's a very long story. No, it's very important. How I, how I came to prayer over my dead body. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, so many of us, when we're in those times when we just need to reach out, you know, you talk about in the book, all the different kinds of prayer that, uh, that we can do. And I think they're all equally important. When you, let me ask you this, when you talk to God, when you, when you pray, is it to, you know, what is it to, is it to a universe? Is it to an energy? What, how do you interpret, you know, that spirit? Well, I, I kept praying to the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. So I was praying to a creative energy. Got it. I wasn't, I wasn't praying to an anthropomorphic God. Mm -hmm. I was praying to a God. Right, right. That, that was more shapeless and formless uh, and all powerful. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we fear about that. You talked about your fear of, you know, you don't want to be made something besides a writer. You know, if you, if, if you do that, we, we have this fear of talking to the universe or of, of God. Um, why, why do we feel that fear? I think we're brought up with a creativity myth that's very damaging. Uh, so it, it talks in the book in the first section, my story. In the second section, the God concept that we were raised with. Uh, and I think we all know the story. It was a beautiful day in paradise. And then uppity Eve reached for an apple from a forbidden tree. 
uh, and she handed it to Adam, who is a hopeless codependent. <laughs> have a bite. Uh, and Adam took a bite. And when he did, the heavens parted and a booming voice said, how dare you? I told you not to eat from the fruit of that tree. From now on, your children will be born in pain and suffering. And the two of you won't even get along. So from this, we learn that God is jealous, vengeful, um, all-powerful, punishing, uh, and negative. And that was the creativity myth that we were all brought up with. So I said, well, what if we had a different creativity myth? What if it was a beautiful day in paradise uh, and Eve, uppity Eve, reached for an apple from the forbidden tree uh, and handed it to Adam, the hopeless codependent. Adam took a bite and the skies parted and a voice said, far out. <laughs> took you long enough yeah. I made that apple red for a reason and from this we would learn that when we reached for, for a goal Eve reaching for the apple that was forbidden when we reached for a goal God was supportive God was was encouraging God was proud so i think if we had had this creativity myth we would have grown up with a very different feeling uh, about god's will yeah we wouldn't think any longer uh, that it was at the opposite end of the table from ours we would instead think maybe god's going to be on my side and that's so important to reshape our, our views from what we're grown up with, you know, what we've grown up with in, to, to some extent, to some, for some of us. I mean, um, you know, it, it does feel very damaging to have a harsh presence instead of a loving, encouraging presence. And when you talk in the book about writing the book, hearing the message paragraph, paragraph, paragraph by paragraph I find that fascinating um, can you talk a little bit about you know how the book came out for you well it came out a sentence at a time wow yeah and I found myself writing more freely uh, and I found myself saying positive things mm -hmm. uh, and I, I found myself being guided into positivity uh, and I thought oh the higher power has an opinion about this book uh, and the opinion is Julia be positive mm. yeah yeah but we'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Promoting positivity and inclusivity. 
You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We're talking with Julia Cameron, author of Seeking Wisdom. Julia, you know, I love your collection of, uh, of your smaller prayer books, Prayers to the Great Creator. Um, I, in fact, I just bought one for my son. I want to give him a copy of that because it's so powerful. Um, this, what we were talking about before, this connection to a benevolent, um, loving presence versus, you know, a lot of what we've grown up with is, is that was a, a harsher presence. Um, I, I want to walk through the book with you a little bit. You, you do talk about the doc, God concept, and you talk about prayers of petition, of gratitude and praise. Can you go into those a little bit and how they've helped you in your life? You know, when we're in that, that phase, if someone was really down, how would you tell somebody to get started on that, on the prayer process? Well, so you have a couple of questions. I do. So- <laughs> I like a to whole throw lot them of questions. <laughs> I'll roll into one. So we'll start with prayers of petition, which okay. are sort of what we we tend to think of as prayer, uh, and we sometimes want to call it Santa Claus prayers. Right. We're we're humbling ourselves before an almighty power, and we're saying, "You have the ability to grant us a boon." And here's what we would like. Uh, And when you ask this way for a prayer petition, there's three possible answers. Uh, And they are, yes, which is wonderful. Right. No, which is discouraging. Not yet, which is discouraging. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think... uh, when we receive a negative answer, we need to remind ourselves that the higher power has a longer view than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that the, um, the no is something that's in our own best interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that God can see further and farther and better than we are able to. So then the second form of prayer Uh, is a prayer of gratitude. Uh, And this is very personal. Uh, And it it says, I'm grateful for my curly hair. I'm grateful for my blue eyes. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my lovely little dog. I'm grateful for apples. They're delicious. And you list personally things that you are positive about. Uh, and what happens when you say prayers of gratitude is that your mood elevates. You go from uh, depression and pessimism to optimism and gratitude. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a very powerful technique. Uh, and I often recommend that people do it once a day Uh, And that if they do, 
they're going to find themselves feeling a sense of connection to a higher power, which brings us to the third form of prayer, which is prayers of praise, or I, I think my friend Anne Lamott calls it wow God. Mm, yeah. Wow God. Mm. And it's, so it's wow God, the moon is beautiful tonight. Mm. Wow God. The Grand Canyon is huge. Mm. So it's it's naming those things which move you to awe. Uh, and it's a prayer, you might want to say, of an awakened heart. You know, you talk about, you, you have very specific tools that you want everybody to use and that are wonderful we've got the morning pages we've got the artist dates we've got walking and the fourth tool that you added in this book is writing out garden guidance um how do you do that how does that guidance come to you and how how would you suggest someone else you know go for that kind of guidance start with writing your morning pages and when you finished your pages then pose a question to the universe. Could I have guidance about X? And you name the issue that's eddying through your mind. Uh, and when you do, you listen uh, and you will hear a, a response. Uh, and people sometimes think guidance has to be very difficult. Uh, mm. And what I have found is that it's normal and natural. Hmm. Uh, and that it comes to us easily. Uh, and it takes a little bit of practice to get used to trusting guidance uh, because guidance is very positive uh, and very optimistic and very benevolent and very kind. Uh, and we're not used to that. Uh, and um, so it takes a little bit of practice to say, I'm going to trust this good news, which is coming to me through guidance. I, I recommend people try writing guidance every day uh, and that when they do, uh, they listen with an open mind. Uh, and I recommend writing down the guidance that you hear because what I found uh, is that it's wonderful to go back and look at our guidance after a little time has passed. Mm. Uh, and we will see that the guidance was trustworthy. How do you know that it's not just your imagination, you know, putting it to putting it to paper? How do you know that it's, you know, that you really feel guided? Is there a way to kind of decipher that for yourself? Well, what I say is if it is just your imagination, let's assume it's your imagination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it's just your imagination, your, your imagination is much more powerful, potent, benevolent, far-seeing, optimistic than you had previously thought. So I'd say, don't worry if it's just your imagination. Mm -hmm. If it is just your imagination, that's fine. <laughs> I, I love that. I was thinking, Julia, when you were just speaking too about that guidance and an, uh, 
an acronym you use in your book a lot. And, and as someone who, who also does not drink, uh, one that's been important to me, that idea of good orderly direction. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that relationship between that direction and prayer and healing. I think that the phrase good orderly direction uh, is a wonderful way. I'm glad you brought this up. It's a, it's a wonderful way to look at God's will. Mm, yeah. And well, how do you think that helps with, with our healing? What is the relationship with that? Well, I think we're healing uh, the minute we start saying, maybe God is benevolent. Hmm. Maybe God is trustworthy. Maybe God is kind. We start to posit possible positives. Uh, what I have people do is take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on the left, put the negative God concepts. Then on the right, put the positive God concepts. Uh, and then I say, now I want you to try and write a letter to your positive God. And we find ourselves being candid. Uh, and then I say, now write a letter from your positive God. Uh, and we find ourselves being encouraged. Tell us about Morning Pages a little bit more for those who might not be aware of what Morning Pages are. Can you give us a brief description of what that is? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's the bedrock tool of a creative recovery. It's very pivotal. And Morning Pages are three pages of longhand morning writing that you do first thing upon awakening uh, before your defenses are in place, uh, before you are, have time to become too cynical. You, you write down what it is you feel, what it is you think, how you are, where you are, uh, and uh, you do it for three pages. Uh, and what they do is train you to expand. They will suggest risks. They'll say, wouldn't it be fun to write radiant songs? That's what they told me. And I said, I'm not musical. And they said, wouldn't it be fun to write radiant songs? <laughs> uh, and um, one day I went uh, and sat by a creek in the Rocky Mountains uh, and I was on a boulder and I was sort of half-assed meditating and I heard, my green heart is filled with apples. Your dark face is filled with stars. I am the one that you've forgotten. You are the one my heart desires. So dance when you think of me. Sing to remember me. Sing till your heart can see who we are. Dance when you think of me. Sing to remember me. Sing till your heart can see who we are. And I thought, my God, I think it's a song. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. And since then, I've written three musicals. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. So you really do. I mean, when these things come through, you don't you don't hesitate so much. You go for it. You've learned that trust. I want to say I try to be brave. Yeah. Mm. One of the tools, Julia, you have in your book that I think is so beautiful for for stretching that courage muscle or that bravery is the artist dates. I look forward to those so much. Can you talk a little bit about what an artist date is and an artist date you've recently gone on? Okay. An artist date is a once a week solo expedition to do something that enchants or interests you. So it's, in other words, it's a signed play. Uh, and I think, uh, I'm encouraged that you're loving artist dates uh, because people are often resistant. The, if I tell them I have a tool that's work for morning pages, <laughs> they say work. I understand work. I'm going to work on my creativity. But then if I say now once a week, I want you to play. Play, yeah. They say play. What does play have to do with it? Uh, but we have an expression, the play of ideas. Uh, and we don't realize that it's an assignment. Play and you will have ideas. So I have a favorite artist date, which is going to a pet store where they have a large gray bunny. And his name is George. <laughs> that's great and so i go to the pet store and i pet george uh, and it gives me a, a sense of glee humor well-being happiness hmm. affection mm -hmm. so george is my favorite artist state you talk a lot about artist dates bringing on synchronicity too, that, that that's sometimes when you play, you know, that's when things fall together. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, I, I find that when you do morning pages and artist dates together, you suddenly start to have better luck. Hmm. Uh, and this is synchronicity where your inner and outer world sort of mesh in a benevolent way. Uh, and you find yourself thinking, oh, this is too good to be true. Hmm. But it is too good to be true. Hmm. And walking is another key aspect of your, your set of tools. Tell me what walking does for you. Well, walking moves us into our environment. So when we walk, we become conscious uh, of where we are, who we are, what we're up to. Uh, and there's recently we lost Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes. He died. Yes. Uh, yeah, great he loss. Was, he was a great walker. Uh, and he said, walk as if your feet are kissing the earth. Ooh. Wow. That's wonderful. And so the sense of walking, this connection with nature, 
sometimes or it could be i mean it doesn't have to be nature it can be just walking anywhere can give you that sense is that right yes it doesn't matter if you're city or country uh, you connect to your environment and you connect during walking to a benevolent something uh, and a lot of times people will say to me julia i walked and i think i fell in love dot 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 with myself it's <laughs> the surprise walk so julia i have another question for you i often have people who say to me well i'm just not creative do you think everyone can be creative yes and what would you recommend to people who say i'm just not creative i would say do morning pages and see where they take you. Hmm. And what I have found uh, is people start out saying, Julia, I'm not creative. Uh, and then after a couple of weeks of morning pages, doesn't take long. Uh, they find themselves waking up uh, and feeling creative uh, and being surprised uh, and being grateful uh, and they often get addicted to morning pages. That's a good kind of addiction. <laughs> it's a positive addiction. How often do you pray? Well, I pray every day. Is it? And I, I pray multiple times during the day. I have, there's a unity prayer, which I love which goes, the light of God surrounds me, the love of God enfolds me, the power of God protects me, the presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is. Mm -hmm. So when I do my morning pages, I write my unity prayer. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. What kinds of things have you overcome in your life? I know you talked about sobriety, but what kinds of things have has this prayer routine helped you uh, overcome any fears or that sort of thing? Well, I think that prayer has given me the courage to write hmm. uh, and to, to write. Um, I have a friend, uh, a publisher, Joel Fotinos, who has been my muse for 27 years. Uh, and we will go to lunch and he'll say, what are you thinking about? <laughs> and I said, listening. And he said, listening? I'd love to hear more about that. Mm. And so Joel's curiosity has led me forward into writing a book called The Listening Path. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. That's great to have a muse like that. Yes, I'm very lucky. Why is it important to talk with God in your own language as you are versus, you know, these more structured kind of prayers, do you think? I, well, I think we become more candid when we use our own language. Uh, 
I know for myself, I went from saying, our Father who art in heaven, which I didn't connect to, to saying, dear God, I'm miserable today. So here's a, here's a, <laughs> a sly question that I'm asking with my, my own intent behind it. How about yelling at God when we're frustrated? How do you feel about that? I think it's a fine idea. <laughs> God can take it. <laughs> yes. God is large enough and strong enough and powerful enough uh, and compassionate enough uh, to be able to take a bad mood. Mm. Did you have any challenges during the coronavirus that you know with your spirituality and with your creativity or was it was it actually i don't know some people were able to get a space for that stuff during this you know kind of lockdown i just wondered how you dealt with the coronavirus well it's an interesting thing when we went on lockdown the artist's way book 30 years this it's its 30 year anniversary this year uh, and it went shooting back up the bestseller lists. So it was number three bestseller in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. And, and I think it's because people found themselves having enforced solitude uh, and that it sort of cracked people open uh, and made them open-minded about spirituality. Mm. Uh, and I think... Uh, my own experience, I wrote a book, I wrote a play. I, I was feeling myself being carefully led. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to someone who's in a major transition right now or, or having a a difficult time what would you tell them about about guidance and prayer and and creativity well i would say i'm going to try and coax you forward i love that i'm not going to bludgeon you i'm going to coax you i'm going to tell you morning pages do work please try them uh, and uh, then i'm going to listen for whatever resistance uh, and then i'm going to say now resist your resistance oh yeah <laughs> excellent excellent do you ever have doubts julia yes i think and it's human nature to to have yeah. doubt uh, and um i asked about it I said, I'm doubting, what do I do? Uh, and the answer was, it's human nature. Hmm. Doubt is part of human nature. And I think expecting to be doubt-free uh, is putting a, an expectation of perfection on you uh, and being inhuman. Julia, it's been so wonderful to have you on Big Universe again. And I have to say that uh, you have a Westie named Lily, 
and uh, I I had a Westie that was very dear to my heart for many years, and so you know I I appreciate that we had that in common that you've got a sweet little Westie that you mentioned in your book, so that's so cool. So Julia, thanks for joining us on Big Universe. You're welcome. I'd like to close with a prayer. Oh, that'd be wonderful. All right, this is a poem uh, which was the, sort of the seedbed for, for um, seeking wisdom. All right, so here it goes. It's called Jerusalem is Walking in This World. Mm. This is a great happiness. The air is silk. There is milk in the looks that come from strangers. I could not be happier if I were bread and you could eat me. Joy is dangerous. It fills me with secrets. Yes, kisses in my veins. The pains I take to hide myself are sheer as glass. Surely this will pass. The wind like kisses. The music in the soup. The group of trees laughing as I say their names. It is all Hosanna. It is all prayer. Jerusalem is walking in this world. Jerusalem is walking in this world. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Julia, for joining us on Big Universe. Well, you're very welcome. For more information about Julia Cameron, I think I've got your website, right? JuliaCameronLive.com. Is that right? Yes, and it's filled with art, and it's free. So wow. you can see my plays, my musicals, uh, some music, uh, a Fantastic. movie that I directed. Oh, excellent. Lots, lots of things. In the movie, God is an attractive red-haired lady golfer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Another it. redhead. You promised us redheads. <laughs> Julia's new book is Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection. Thank you, Julia. For more information about Sarah Bowen, go to spiritual-rebel.com and pre-order her new book, Sacred Sendoffs. You can find out more about me on my website called youthrivehere.com. Thanks, everybody. I'm Jim Lefter. I'm here with Sarah Bowen. We'll talk with you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.